blessing uh, the music has been. Uh, I want to thank the praise team for, uh, for doing my song today, my We Believe song. That is the song that inspired this series, We Believe. It's a third day song simply entitled The Creed. It's the Apostles' Creed, and it's what we believe. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I had the distinct privilege of being born in Midland, Texas, all right? Say that with me, Midland. Oh, come on. You guys are, you guys are losers, man. Midland, Texas. What a great place to be born. Uh, my parents moved out uh, in the country north of Midland when I was just a little boy. Uh, everybody out there in, in Green Hill Terrace had an acre of land. I know I've told you a little bit about it before, but I had some buddies that lived a block over from me. Down our long street around the corner, the first house on the end, Billy and Robbie Peak lived. They were twins, Billy and Robbie Peak. They had a sister named Susan, who was the same age, my sister, Sharita. So we all hung out together and did things together. I'd go over to their house and we'd dig tunnels in the field across the street from them. And, and they would come over my house and, and we'd go out in the backyard and throw stickers at our sisters. <laughs> Not stickers like you stick on your, your, your clothes. Stickers that you grew and you threw them and they stick in you and they hurt. All right? We had all kinds of fun together. When I was eight years old... In the summertime, Billy and Robbie invited me to go to their church for vacation Bible school. And my mom thought it was a good idea to get me out of the house. And so she said, yeah, you, you go to vacation Bible school with your buddies. And so we went. It was a week long. Of course, I was raised in a free will Baptist church. The church they went to was not, not, a, free, it was not a Baptist church. I'm not going to tell you the brand of church it was, but it was a big church. And they had a fantastic VBS I mean, it was, it was fun. They had great music. I can remember them having awesome snacks every day. I was in the class with Billy and Robbie and a bunch of other kids. Our, our teacher was a lady. She had a super lesson every day. And her husband built this table for us that was about 10 feet long. And around the table, he had side rails that were built. And he carried dirt in and filled this table up with dirt. Our lesson that week was the road to heaven. And so every day we got to work on the road. We built this road to heaven. We painted the dirt. The street was gold. We had little people and houses and all kinds of stuff. And man, it was a great time building the road to heaven. Until the last day when the little Baptist boy got in trouble. I'll tell you the rest of the story at the end of my message, all right? So hang in there for the rest of the story. Today we're going to focus on what we believe about eternity. Let me read our statement of faith. We believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead, of the believer to everlasting glory, and the unbeliever to judgment and punishment. One of the most wonderful blessings of the Christian faith is that it provides rock-solid answers for what happens to us, not only in life, but also in death. Now, that's not the entire focus of our faith. We are also given supernatural power to live joyfully right here in the present world. We're given a purpose to live for. God commissions us to use our time, our energy, and our resources to advance His purposes to help the poor, and to reach the lost and the brokenhearted. 
The Christian faith has a huge focus on engaging our world and making a difference. But you know what? When it's all said and done, one of the most amazing blessings for the Christian is the promise of eternal life. That we get to go to heaven. You see, the Bible makes clear that this life is not all that there is. And aren't you thankful for that? I mean, if this was as good as it got, wow, we'd be in trouble. The human soul continues to live on even when our physical bodies die. Let me just throw out a few verses that confirm this. Psalms 73 verse 24. It says, you guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Some days I'm ready to go to glory, huh? How about you? Isaiah 26, 19, your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. We'll talk more about that in a moment. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, when his son died, King David stopped fasting and praying for the boy's healing. David said, now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he cannot return to me. So David understood that the soul goes on living even after the body dies. And even though his son had died, David knew that he was going to see him again. Amen. But our statement of faith goes one step further than that. Not only does the human soul continue to live after we die, but we also believe that we're going to have a body after we die. We believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead. Really the most thorough discussion on the resurrected body is found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The apostle Paul begins the chapter with a catalog of reasons why Christ's followers can be certain we're going to get a new body. At one point he says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. In other words, since Jesus was raised from the dead with a new body, believers in Christ, that is Christians, can be certain about being resurrected with a new body. And then toward the end of the chapter, Paul describes what our resurrected body is going to be like. Let me just read that to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren... That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Yeah. That is an amazing passage of Scripture. Uh, He said in verse 52, The dead are going to be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now what that means is this. It means that our new body 
won't decay and grow old like our current body. You didn't get that, so let me say it like this. When we get that new body, there'll be no need for anti-wrinkle cream or Botox. Okay? Verse 53 says that our new bodies are going to be immortal. They will last forever. Just like our Lord's resurrected body, it's going to last forever. So the first assertion in our statement of faith is we believe in a bodily resurrection from the dead. But the statement goes on to say, of the believer to everlasting life and to the unbeliever to judgment and punishment. This is where it kind of gets challenging. And this is why we need to be well grounded in what, in what the Bible teaches. Because as I said just a few weeks ago, there is widespread ignorance of sound biblical doctrine even amongst Christians and in churches. According to a recent survey by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, about half of the evangelicals surveyed, let me say it like this, about half of Christians believe that everybody, including atheists, are going to end up in heaven. That's the old heresy of universalism, that everybody's going to be okay and everybody's going to be in heaven. Church, can I tell you, that is not what the Bible teaches. Huh? Scripture makes clear that human beings face two possibilities when we die. And that's what I want to talk about just for a moment. The two possibilities of eternity. Listen to these verses. Daniel chapter 12 verse 2. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life. Others to shame and everlasting contempt. This passage teaches that, that this life is not all that there is. When we die, it's only our physical bodies that die. But the essence of who we really are continues to live on. Some people will live on experiencing everlasting life. But others will experience everlasting contempt. The language that Daniel uses is the very same language that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 7. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 7 verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life, and only a few find it. Now Jesus alerts us to the two possibilities of what's going to happen when we die. We have two choices. One road leads to life. The other road leads to destruction. And Jesus urges us to choose wisely which road we go down. He said in verse number 14, small is the gate. Get that. The gate is very small and narrow is the road that leads to everlasting life. And very few people choose that way. Did you know that in John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus reveals that he is that gate? Okay? Now Jesus said in Matthew 7, small is the gate. Then in John chapter 10, he said, I am the gate. 
So understand this, church. Faith in Jesus is the gate. There's only one way to everlasting life. There's only one gate you can take, and it's Jesus. He is the portal that leads to abundant life on earth and everlasting life in heaven. These two possibilities for eternity are mentioned again in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus wraps up a, a parable about the sheep, sheep and goats, all right? It's a lengthy passage, and I'm not going to read the whole passage to you. But here he says there are only two options at the end. Matthew 25, verse 46. He says, they will go away to eternal punishment. Unbelievers in Jesus, the goats, they're going to go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous will go to eternal life. Okay? Therefore, these three passages that I've read, Daniel 12, 2 says that some people will experience everlasting contempt while others will experience everlasting life. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, one road leads to destruction, the other road leads to everlasting life. Matthew 25, Jesus said, some people will experience eternal punishment, and some people will experience everlasting life. Guys, the message is clear. Okay, the message of the Bible is clear. When we die, we face one of two possible destinies, heaven or hell. And the choice is yours. You get to choose which road you go down. Now, the good news is, and I know that's kind of heavy news what I just gave you, and you're looking a little depressed right now, so do you want some good news? Okay. The good news is that by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we can choose the right road and we can have assurance of eternal life. We can choose the road that we're on and we can know where that road is leading us. I don't have these verses on the screen, but let me just throw out what Jesus said. John 3, 36, he said, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. 1 John 5, 11, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Real simple. You got Jesus, you got life. You don't have Jesus, you don't have life. 1 John 5, 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Dude, let me tell you something. If, if I kill over before this sermon ends, don't worry about me. I know where I'm going. Okay? I know I have eternal life. Why? Because I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. I'm living for Him. These scriptures and others make it clear that God wants Christians to know for sure what's going to happen to them when they die. Now, when Jesus first told his disciples that he was going to be leaving them, they didn't understand. They were confused. Questions flooded their mind. Like, where is Jesus going and why can't we go with him and what's going to happen to us when he does go away? And so to address those aching hearts, Jesus offered some incredibly comforting words in John chapter 14. His words are a beacon of hope 
to anyone who has faith in Jesus Christ. What does John chapter 14 say? Listen to this. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Keep in mind, this is addressed to the followers of Jesus Christ. These promises are not for everyone but only to those who trust Jesus. Christ's followers have the assurance that Jesus is preparing a place in heaven for them, and we won't get lost along the way because he's going to come back and get us and take us there. (laughs) We affirm this in our statement of faith. We believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead, of the believer to everlasting glory. So when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we have the assurance of eternal life. We're going to be with Jesus in heaven for all of eternity. The book of Revelation offers an amazing glimpse into heaven. Listen to this, Revelation 21 verse 3. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. What an awesome passage of Scripture. Those who trust in Jesus will be given a new resurrected body and will forever be with the Lord. And it's going to be perfect. I mean, heaven is absolutely perfect. There's no more death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. It's going to be amazing. And the best part of it all is Jesus is going to be there. We'll see him face to face. 1 John 3, 2. But we know that when he, Jesus, appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And that's for those who believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you get to go to heaven. But those who reject Jesus face a radically different future. Apart from Christ, people remain eternally separated from God. And this is what the historic church has always believed and taught. And it's what we affirm. Listen again. We believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead, of the believer to everlasting glory, and to the unbeliever to judgment and punishment. Acts 17, 31. For he, that is God, has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him, Jesus, from the dead. So Jesus Christ is going to be the man who will judge the world with justice. His authority to do this was established when God raised him, Jesus, from the dead. Matthew 12, 36 also mentions that a day of judgment is going to take place. So does Romans 14, 10. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. And also 2 Timothy 4.1 says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, 
who will judge the living and the dead. So the Bible makes it clear, church. There is going to be a day of reckoning. There will be a day of judgment. As we saw earlier, the result of this judgment is that some people are going to experience everlasting life. And some people will experience eternal punishment. We've already talked about those Christians who get to go to heaven. Let's spend a few moments and consider the alternative. Eternal punishment. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9. It says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from His majesty and from His power. So the ones who will be punished are people who don't know God, people who have not accepted His Son Jesus, and people who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. This verse says they're going to be shut out from God's presence forever. That means they will eternally be cut off from everything that is good and loving and right. Now you need to know Jesus had a whole lot to say about this judgment day. One of many passages that I could cite is Matthew chapter 13. The, the text is the application of a parable that Jesus taught about the net. Here's what he said in Matthew 13, 49. This is how it's going to be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In the parable, Jesus is talking about fishermen who went out fishing. And they threw their nets out and they caught all kinds of fish. And when they got them back to the shore, they separated the good fish from the bad fish. And in a similar way, Jesus said that judgment is going to do the same thing. On judgment day, people are going to be separated. Those who have accepted Christ and followed Jesus and obeyed the gospel of Christ are going to heaven. Those who have rejected Jesus and not accepted God's gift of salvation are going to be consigned to eternal punishment where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. One of the most graphic descriptions of this judgment is found in the book of Revelation chapter 20. It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Two things I want to talk about and then I'm done. Our names are written in the book of life when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. 
In fact, that is the only way your name can be written in that book is when you admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins, and you accept Him as your Savior and confess Him as your Lord. Placing your faith in Jesus Christ is the only way to be forgiven, and it's the only way you can receive the gift of eternal life. Faith in Christ allows us to experience God's grace and mercy and to avoid judgment because He's the only gate that can bring us to eternal life. And if you don't choose Christ, this passage says you're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. In fact, he used that phrase, the lake of fire, three times. He described the lake of fire as the second death. What does that mean? Where you're going to die. Okay, You might die today or next week or next year, or it could be 20 years, but your body is going to die. That's the first death. The second death is eternal death. Because if your name is not written in this book of life, you will go to hell. The lake of fire, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Folks, let me tell you, that is sobering. That's sobering. But the deal is, we, we got a choice. We got a choice. Eight years old, lived in Midland, Texas. My buddies were the twins, Billy and Robbie. Went to their vacation Bible school that summer. It was a fun week. Every day we worked on the road to heaven. And the last day on that Friday we had the road. It was, it was painted gold. We had gold paint in the dirt, little people everywhere. Man, it, was just, it, it looked beautiful. And we were all standing around finishing our work on the road to heaven. Everybody was working and and here I was, I'd been, I'd been thinking for the last couple of days about this road we were working on. And so I finally just said what I was thinking. I looked up at the teacher and I said, teacher, we've built this road to heaven, but what about the road that leads to hell? All those little boys and girls that were around the table, they did the mannequin, what is it called, the mannequin challenge. Y'all seen that? Go, go, go Google Mannequin Challenge. We, we might do that in church one day. Just the, yeah. I mean, they just froze. And the teacher, who had been very nice and joyful all week, I can remember she was a tall, slender lady, beautiful lady. She froze. And she looked at me, and she had this really angry look on her face. And she bent over and she said, young man, we don't believe in hell at this church. Well, that was news to me. I was a little eight-year-old boy. I'd been raised at the Westside Free Will Baptist Church. My pastor, Brother Zellers, preached more on hell than he did on heaven. Let me tell you that. I don't remember the exact words that I spoke back to her, but I do remember saying something like, well, we sure believe in hell at my church. And even though this is not a popular subject to preach on, let me tell you, I do believe there's a hell. The scripture affirms we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. There's two choices. You can choose eternal life or eternal condemnation. 
your choice. A lot of people have a gross misconception about Judgment Day. They think that on Judgment Day, God is going to decide where we're going to spend eternity. That's not the way it works, guys. You're making that decision today. You want to know why we're called free will Baptists? It's because we believe that man has a free will. It's your choice. You get to choose. And you're making that choice today. Choose wisely. There's only one way to heaven. That is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know? Do you know for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? If you're not sure, or if you have questions or doubts, please come during our invitation. We want to show you from the Word of God how you can know you're saved and know you're going to heaven. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless this invitation now as we allow people to come and respond to your word and your voice. I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. And Lord, if there is someone in this room who needs to be saved today, they need to experience the joy of salvation and have the certainty that they're going to heaven. May they come and make that today. Lord, for the rest of us who, uh, whose hearts are burdened today because we know people who are on the wrong road. It could be a family member, a neighbor, a classmate, somebody we work with, but we, we see their face right now. We know people who are walking down that wrong road that leads to destruction. Lord, may our hearts be burdened today and may we come and pray for them. I know you've, you've put a relative on my heart, somebody I need to be praying for today. I pray that others would come and do the same. And then, dear Lord, for those who just need to come and pray, Make it easy for them, Lord, to come and cast their cares on you, for we know that you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Heads bowed and eyes closed.